Well, hello, friends. Meredith and Kaylee here, just casually interrupting your listening experience to give you a little ministry update, if you will. Many of you are familiar with Proverbs 31 Ministries and why we do what we do. And for those of you who are new here, what we do here is not just this podcast. It's an extension of a very thriving ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening to this podcast in real time, as in May 2019, then we have an exciting announcement that we want to share with you. As a ministry right now, for the first time ever, we're trying to get 5,000 people to donate to the ministry during the month of May. We tell you guys all the time what we're about here at Proverbs 31 Ministries at the end of every episode, and that's equipping women to know the truth of God's word and live that truth out because we believe it absolutely changes everything. As a ministry, we do that not just through this podcast, but through online Bible studies, the First Five mobile app, daily devotions, and even social media, all for free. Well, while we do sell some resources through our Proverbs 31 Ministries bookstore to support our ministry, a huge way that we keep doing what we're doing Mm -hmm. is through the faithful support of financial donors and monthly partners. If you've ever given to Proverbs 31 Ministries, I just want to pause and say a huge thank you, thank you, Mm -hmm. thank you for helping us get more women connected to God's word. Absolutely. And if you've never given to Proverbs 31 Ministries before, then now is a great time to link arms with us and give financially. All you need to do is go to donate.proverbs31.org and you'll find all the information you need to know about how to partner with us. Our prayer is that we'll exceed our goal of 5,000 donors to partner with us this month and that through your generosity, we'll reach even more. And if you're listening to this podcast in the future, I don't know, maybe it's like... 2050 right now. Yeah, maybe. You can still partner with us. Just visit Proverbs31.org and look for the donate button on the website and you'll find everything you need to know to help support Proverbs 31 Ministries. All right. All right. I think they've heard enough of us. Let's get them back to today's teaching. Here's the podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Kaylee Olson, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Meredith Brock. Well, hey, Kaylee. So glad to be back with you today. It's been a hot minute since we've recorded just a regular episode of the podcast, so I'm I'm excited to be back here, even though, holy cow, can we pause for a moment and talk about therapy and theology? Wow. Whoa. Whoa. What a series. What a series. Uh, We heard a tremendous amount of positive feedback, Mm -hmm. just people um, being exposed to things in a safe environment that was biblically based to talk about things that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Yeah, I definitely think it was was not think. I don't think it was. I know it was one of the deeper podcasts we've done and we just haven't ever gone there as a ministry before yeah. but i feel like lisa's book releasing and then our online bible studies for, for it's not supposed to be this right. way had what one hundred twenty-eight thousand women participate Wait, so i feel like we were like twenty-eight thousand. yeah it's insane like imagine one hundred twenty-eight thousand of your closest friends sitting together like there's not even a football stadium that fills up that's bananas. I don't think there is. That is Somebody is bananas. probably fact-checking me right now. <laughs> probably. Oh, well. I encourage that. Let me know. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited to be back today. Um, we've got a great teaching ahead of us. But what, before I do that, before we get into that, okay. I want to talk about what we did last night. 
what did we do last night? It sounds like we went out and but we didn't. No, we didn't. We stayed in. We stayed in with our friends from our and team. played code names. We did. I want to know somebody uh, in the social media sphere. Tell me if they've played code names. It might be the most fun game I've played in a really long time. Yeah, I love I think it. It's equally fun and frustrating because. I have this thought pattern in my mind of the words that I'm connecting together, and I just feel like it's so obviously clear. And Meredith is like, no, 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 I, I'm, I know how Kaylee thinks. This Kaylee would never do that. And in my mind, I'm dying because I'm like, yes, I, I would. Totally yes, I would. would. No, pick, the, <laughs> pick the names. But it's so we, fun. And we lost. So if y'all are it's looking fine. for a good game to play with your family, play with your friends, go out and get code names, yes. and then hit us up on social media and tell us if you had fun playing it because we had so much fun playing it with we our friends it was we awesome did. we it did. was really really awesome okay okay i think we've talked about code names enough maybe yeah. we should get back to the podcast that's <laughs> okay. our job that's okay. our job um but i'm really excited about our teacher that we have today many of our listeners um are probably familiar with his voice now because they just listened to six weeks of him in the therapy and theology series welcome back joel Munamale. so glad to have you here with us today joel why don't you tell us what you do for Proverbs 31. Yeah, I get to serve as a director of theology for the ministry and uh, get to uh, bring some oversight to some of the theological development and to the writing and um, just the, the biblical content, I guess, that, that we write and that mm-hmm. we share from. Um, so it's an amazing, like, I literally get to study the Bible and study teaching and study scripture and uh, and navigate all of those worlds. It's yeah. fun. It's well, great. we're sure, sure glad to have you here on staff. I'm also glad that Kaylee had to say your last name. <laughs> <laughs> because I have worked with you for how long and I still can't a say long it. Time. And I can't say it to save my life. I can't say your last name. Yeah. Um, so Just go ahead and give it a try. You, I can't. I'm embarrassed <laughs> like to do it. Mutamale. Mutamale. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You got it. If you would not have said that beforehand, I'm certain that I would have said, I don't know. <laughs> It just always comes out wrong. But y'all, so I don't even... Okay, you need to spell it. Spell it for everyone. Okay, so it's M-U-D-D-A-M-A-L-L-E. Whoa, that's a lot of double letters. It's, it I'm, is. It's a, it's a whole lot. But I encourage <laughs> you to go and find Joel on Instagram because he posts some of the great... I love it. I love the stuff that yeah. you post in your stories because he'll show what he's studying. Yes. And then he kind of unpacks it in little bite-sized pieces that just in the middle of the day is really... I don't know. I just really, really love it. So yeah. um, he spelled his last name for you. Go find him yeah. on the gram. I think it's just at Mutamale. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're having You made trouble, that sound like... really simple. <laughs> Thanks. Uh-huh. Thanks. Um, She's showing so, off now. Yeah, I know, right? Well, we're sure glad to have you here. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great teaching. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for taking a break from your regularly scheduled Starbucks study appointments. Oh, yeah. And um, being with us for that. today. You know, mm-hmm. oh, we were talking about before the podcast started that Joel has like a, a regularly scheduled like membership. I feel like if Starbucks had memberships, Joel would be a member because there's this thing that we have on staff where like if you go to that Starbucks and you find Joel you do one of those Instagram zoom in things and like find we found Joel in the wild here he is Uh here he is but anyway he took a break (laughs) from his study and we're so glad you did like thank you for being here with us today first of all I know that this is a really big commitment for you. Um, but he's going to teach on the topic of fasting, which I'm really excited about, but not mm-hmm. just fasting, but on why we should fast. So um, I'm actually really excited about this because even though I grew up a believer, um, I went to a really uh, just traditional Southern Baptist church. Um, I don't remember hearing a lot about fasting that we yeah. like 
talked about from um, like either at my home or in church. And it might be because I wasn't paying attention because maybe I was little, but I also just don't know that it was something that was just regularly talked about. And Mm -hmm. so I'm really excited because it's only been since college that I really started to learn more about it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Joel, I'm just so thankful for the way that you take these concepts that can kind of seem weird or tricky and unpack them in a way that make it, um, that makes it I don't know, just relatable mm-hmm. to me. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us today if you want to go ahead and give your teaching. Well, I am super excited. And so here's here's the funny thing. I literally came here from that Starbucks. And so... Um, <laughs> of course you it. did. Yeah, yeah. And so the chances are of you seeing some type of uh, Instagram of somebody catching me in the Starbucks wild is very high. Um, but, you know, uh, one of the things, uh, Kaylee, when you actually emailed me and said, hey... I think this fasting thing might be an interesting topic mm-hmm. to consider. Um, it really got me going personally because yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but whenever a word comes up, sometimes your brain goes back to, well, how do I personally associate with this word right. in my life or mm-hmm. in my story? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you guys could see me right now, I'm Indian, like from India, and it's not super common to find Indians that are Christians. I mean, in mm-hmm. India, the population of Christianity is like less than a percent or something like that. It's pretty insane. Um, So I grew up in a Christian family. um, And maybe similar to some of your guys' experiences, um, I heard about fasting a lot, um, even partook of it and kind of did it with my family. Um, But in all honesty, and I think you mentioned it, Kaylee, like I wasn't quite sure why I was doing this. And, And again, so like for me, the thought of being hangry is not a great thought. Oh, yeah. There's nothing inside of me that says, hmm, I think I'm just going to stop eating for yeah. a while, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to start by maybe going behind fasting and first talk about, well, what is fasting and how does it relate to the other parts of our spiritual life? Mm. Um, and so really fasting, it starts with just one part of a larger category called spiritual disciplines. Um, so what are our spiritual disciplines? Well... Our spiritual disciplines are tied directly to this idea of spiritual formation. And so if you've been in the Christian world for some time or uh, a believer and you've done Bible studies and different things, these words probably have some type of meaning to you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you might be a brand new believer and you might have just come to know Jesus and you're like, what is a spiritual discipline and why would Mm -hmm. I want to be spiritually transformed? Um, And so the idea of spiritual formation is really um, this idea of becoming more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's really the journey that I think we're all on, Mm -hmm. right? Like we love Jesus. We um, are captivated by who he is and what he's done. And so we want to be like him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then spiritual disciplines are almost like the strategy or the tactics. Like, okay, let's get into the grind. And now what can we do to exercise the process of becoming more and more like Jesus? And so, Um, In the list of categories, as you read through scripture, you may see things um, that are categorized as spiritual disciplines as prayer. Um, Prayer is simply just talking to God, you know. Um, Reading scripture, God's word is a gracious gift that was given to us. And so when we read scripture, we're actually engaging the spiritual discipline of getting to know God through his word. Um, Here's another one, caring for others generosity, mm. hospitality, mm-hmm. like just just being kind, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, those types of things are actually fostering in us this relationship to Jesus because Jesus was kind. He cared mm-hmm. for us. He loved us and he loved others. Here's another one, evangelism. 
sharing the good news. If you're passionate about something, you don't keep it hidden. Like, it's not going to take long for um, you when we hang out to find out that I really, really love Chicago-style deep dish pizza. And I really love Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time over LeBron James, right? (laughs) Um, And so... Uh, I had to say that Meredith's husband, Matt, oh, yeah. is a Matt. I actually just tagged him the other day, you know, mm-hmm. about the anytime. Anyways, just trust me on this. See, it exudes outside of me what you're mm-hmm. passionate about. And you guys could probably say different things of things that you're passionate about. Um, but that's what happens when we love Jesus and we're passionate about him. Here's uh, an, a couple other ones. Silence and solitude. Mm. We see often in scripture this idea of going away to, to silent places to spend time with God. Um, uh, Jesus himself goes into solitary places in silence to spend time with the Father. Mm-hmm. And often for us today, this can be done in connection with things like prayer and reading scripture. And here's the one that's very often tied to prayer, fasting. Mm-hmm. Prayer and fasting often go hand in hand. Um, and fasting is such an intriguing um aspect of the spiritual disciplines. And um, I really want to jump into uh, right here, like, why would we want to go through the process of engaging with any of these disciplines, specifically fasting? When we do these things, we get closer to Jesus. When we do these things, we we look more like Jesus. And here's like, right now, I have no idea what your situation or your circumstance might have been. I don't know if you're listening uh, in a podcast, in, in uh, traffic, and you're waiting. You may be experiencing the chaos of the world. Mm-hmm. Here's what I love about the spiritual disciplines, and here's what I love about fasting. When we engage in these things, we can mute the chaos as we meet with the Creator. Wow. We can mute the chaos as we meet with the Creator. And that is the lifelong journey that we're on until Jesus comes back or we see Him on the other side of eternity. Now, what is fasting? Fasting is typically, in the Old Testament, the absence of or stopping of doing of something, typically food. It's saying, I'm going to take a period of time to no longer eat this type of food or um, engage in this type of activity. And so uh, I know many of you are thinking right now, like how we started, there is no way I would naturally be inclined to want to even do this. And some of you theologians might be saying, wait a minute, Joel, I've got freedom in Christ. And if I've got freedom in Christ, why should I have to give up anything? I'm free to do whatever I want. Um, And so this is where we kind of need to see how fasting is used throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. So we're going to do a little bit of biblical work here. So if you've got your Bibles, you're taking notes or uh, whatever, you can come back and replay this. Here's some some interesting aspects about uh, fasting. Fasting in the Old and New Testament can be used as both a noun and a verb in how it's described. It's mentioned in the Old Testament together over 34 times. Now, these instances are connected to these types of things. Celebrations or observations of feasts or things like the Day of Atonement. Um, Fasting was connected to these monumental moments in the life of the Israelites. It just went hand in hand. Fasting was also done in response to repentance and confession. Uh, Things didn't go your way. 
and you feel the conviction of what has taken place. Well, uh, in the Old Testament, people would fast as, as a visible sign of their repentance. The book of Jonah, Jonah chapter 3, verses 4 through 9 is a great example. You would fast in response to mourning. Both Job and David resp- uh, respond by fasting um, in the response of death, and they mourn the loss of a child or loved ones. Um, here's an interesting one. In anticipation of hope and victory. Mm. So often the Israelites, as they're getting ready to fight against the Philistines, they would actually embark on a fast. Uh, and what they would do is they would anticipate the victory that they knew God was going to do. You could turn to 1 Samuel 7, 6 and see that. They would also fast prior to major decisions that had to be made. So they're going into something, particularly kings. Um, There's a huge decision that had to be made. Well, their tendency was to fast and to pray and to seek the Lord. Now, in the New Testament, because we want to see this holistically, in the New Testament, um, both noun and verb show up over 28 times, right? Um, And you can see passages like all throughout the book of Acts. You see fasting with people laying on of hands and commissioning and all these different things when people are sent out to church plant. Um, And you see a tradition of fasting in early church fathers. So Origen and Polycarp, these these ancient guys that talked about the Bible back in the day, they would talk about fasting because it's really important. Um, Here's what's super interesting in all of this. Once we get to the New Testament, fasting is never mandated. Hmm. I'm going to say that one more time. Fasting is never mandated. Like you must do fasts on this time at this point in this week of this month, you know, consecutively. Um, What actually takes place here is fasting is assumed as a a practice that believers would do because it draws you closer to Jesus. It it causes you to go through this process of looking more like Christ. And so this is where I just feel like we need to pause and I just want to talk about being charitable. Hmm. What does that mean? It means Different people have different convictions at different times, and this is what I love about Scripture. What the New Testament does for us is it opens up this thing like fasting, and it says fasting isn't a um, close-handed convictional thing that if you don't do this, like you're going to go to hell or like you're you're sinning against God. Um, and it's also not something that you just ignore completely. There's plenty of biblical significance for it. So what that means is that we have to be charitable to each other so that we can allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction into our lives as mm-hmm. we navigate spiritual transformation. Mm-hmm. It looks different for different people. And so I want to encourage you as you're going through your process of just navigating what does fasting look like for my spiritual life, be charitable with your loved ones and others and don't assume or expect that your fasting has to look like their fasting Mm. because that's going to set up everybody for um, disappointment. Now, how do I know? You're probably some of you are thinking like, really? Okay, how do you know that this is kind of assumed in uh, in the New Testament? Well, uh, it's a really interesting thing that Jesus himself actually describes the importance of fasting. So if you've got your Bibles in Matthew 6, 16, you can go there. I'm turning right over there right now. Jesus begins to talk about fasting. And notice this. It says this. And when you fast. So I'm going to pause. What does it say? When. And when you fast. Jesus is looking at his disciples and he's getting ready to teach them. And he's making the assumption that fasting is going to be a part of your natural rhythm of life. Mm-hmm. But notice, 
Jesus doesn't say the who, what, when, where, why behind the fasting. He's just making that assumption. Like, I know you're going to fast. And and again, uh, the charitability component here. I just want to read what Jesus' words are. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces. He's talking about, um, like, if you go to the theater. Have you all ever gone to the theater? Right, like movie like theater, really? like not no, like um, opera, ha- like play. opera play, like yes. w- I would yeah. say, like Wicked, you yeah. know, things yeah. Hamilton, things, oh, you know, sure. different things so like good. that. Okay, yes. So when you go there and you see them, do they? You notice like their makeup? Like what do they look like? I mean, they're done up. Yeah, they got, they got some stuff on. Right, uh-huh. and, and I think it's kind of interesting. They have to look that way because of the way the lights kind of hit them, yeah. and and it's offset by the darkness, and so they've got all yeah. this extra makeup that's going on. So. Back around Jesus' time, these dudes are doing this out there, right? Mm -hmm. And the actual Greek word for these actors is the hypocrites, right? Mm. And so what Jesus is doing is making a cultural connection for them. He's saying, when you fast, don't look like them, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your Mm. fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This idea of charitability. This idea is that fasting is not for the world to see. Fasting is this internal reality that's taking place, and it's spiritual uh, transformation. Mm. It's something between you and God. Um, So another thing, Jesus just doesn't describe fasting, but Jesus does fasting. Mm. So this is where we're going to get into our primary text. Again, we're going to go to uh, Matthew chapter 4. I just have to set up the scene. Um, Jesus has just been baptized. This is probably one of the most glorious scenes in scripture, maybe. I feel like I said that a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You know, but I mean, this one I think is one there's of the... There's a lot of glorious scenes. There's a lot of glorious scenes. So in this scene, particularly in the baptism of Jesus, we see the Trinitarian Godhead. The Trinity is mm. mainly God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So mm. God the Father is audibly saying, look at my Son, whom I'm well pleased. God uh, the Son is getting baptized, and the Spirit in the form of a dove lands on him. I mean, this is absolutely epic. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Now... After an epic moment for you guys, what would y'all do? I, I would probably take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, because like, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. That was a lot. I'm gonna take a nap now. Yep. Or like, text seriously, my best friend. Yeah, yeah. I might like, tell someone. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably somebody. call my husband. Like, babe, that was crazy. I'm going home to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> so check out what Jesus does when okay. he's done. All yeah. right. Chapter four. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. So. It, like it's the scene happens and then the word then connects us directly to what just took place. So as soon as this baptism is done, I'm sure sometime passed, but directly connecting it, Jesus is led by the spirit. So you see Jesus obedience um, by being led by the spirit and he goes into the wilderness for what reason to be tempted by the devil. Right. Wow. So, okay. If you have been around me, um, and if you've done any of the first five teachings, you know, one of the things that I absolutely love is the concept of reversals. Okay. Mm. There's often in scripture that you'll just see these different reversals. And so if you turn to first Kings 19, you'll see the prophet Elijah. Now, this dude has these crazy battles with Ahab and this evil queen Jezebel. He's running for his life Mm. often. Um, He's just in a real uh, dangerous predicament, right? 
But in 1 Kings 19, uh, starting in verse 3, it says this, Then he was afraid, and he rose, and he ran for his life, okay, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But now catch this, verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. This is also a scene of Jonah. Jonah is, is oh, in a similar right. scenario. Yes. He sits yeah. underneath the broom goodness, tree. Oh my goodness, I okay? forgot that. And he asked that he might die. I just like, my son, my oldest son, Liam, he's a little bit of a drama king, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, everything is broken. If, if his brother doesn't look at him the right way, the world is ending. Like, he's yeah. crying. I mean, mm-hmm. it is just unbelievable. I see a little bit of my son, Liam, right here, okay? So, and then he says, uh, he said that he might die saying, it is enough now, oh Lord, take away my life for I'm no better than my father's. And then he laid down and slept underneath a broom tree, because that's what you do after years. He took his nap. He took his nap. (laughs) And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and he laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Hey, arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and he ate and he drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Super intriguing to me that one, he honestly has a huge temper tantrum and starts pouting. Yeah. Right? And if I'm God, which I think we should all be glad that I'm not God, right? (laughs) Because if I'm God, I'm like, yo, homie. Um, you're going to starve now, and yeah. you're in the and you brought yeah. yourself into the wilderness. Yeah. Why would you, okay? Go ahead, live your live your best life now in the yeah. wilderness, right? <laughs> but notice God, He's so gracious. Yeah. He sends an angel. He takes care of him. He gives him food. He gives him cake. Wow. He gives him water. And it says that it was because of that strength of that food that lasted him for the next forty days and forty nights, right? So uh, wait, I need to pause you yeah. here. So, like, angel brings the supplies. Yeah. And then he goes out into, he legit goes out into the wilderness, mm-hmm. like you just described Jesus doing. Mm-hmm. To, he fasted for 40 days? Yeah. And 40 nights. Okay. Yeah. I was now, just trying to make sure I was making the right connections. Making, yeah. And we're, and we're going to jump back into the Jesus story. But here's the, the I, oh man, we could teach just on this. But verse 9, the scene right after the 40 days and 40 nights is God speaking to Elijah in a, in a gentle whisper. If you haven't read this passage, jump in, read the passage. It's unbelievable. I want to jump now back to Matthew 4. And you're, you're drawing the connections already, Meredith. Okay, I, already, I, already see, I already see it happening. My wheels are turning. Your wheels are turning. So now in, in Matthew 4, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for what reason? To be tempted by the devil. Now watch the, the, the um, nature of the events that happen in comparison to Elijah. He goes into the wilderness. Elijah, when he goes into the wilderness, he's fed. And on the strength of his feeding, he's able to survive the 40 days. What happens with Jesus? And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You see, what Jesus does is he proves himself to be the better Elijah. Yeah. What Jesus does is he says, yo, Elijah might have had to have some food to sustain him, but I don't want anybody to doubt 
my humanity. Yeah. You see, when Jesus comes onto earth, it's called the incarnation. He becomes 100% God and he is 100% man. He lays down his divinity so he can take up his humanity so that in Hebrews, it can say that Jesus is our faithful and empathetic high priest who is tempted in every mm-hmm. way that we were. Here is an example. Jesus is hungry. His humanity is starving for food. I just think it's so interesting here that he's tempted in the wilderness but the tempter watch what happens here verse 3 and the tempter came and said to him the tempter chooses to come to jesus after he's fasted for 40 days and in the midst of his hunger Mm. i just want to point out what's taking place right here this is a battle Mm -hmm. this isn't just any battle this is a spiritual battle yeah and and we think of battles with swords, and, and there's plenty of that in scriptures. We can see that. But the very first battle recorded in scripture in Genesis is a very similar battle mm. with the tempter, and with Adam, yep. and with Eve. And the first battle took place within the context of their minds, yeah. within the walls. And it questioned and it doubted God. And you will see as you read through this that that's the exact same tactic of the enemy but notice what happens with Jesus' fasting why would he fast well in Jesus' fasting he can relate to humanity's weakness hmm. he can be a faithful true high priest who's empathetic hmm. um, you see there is really something at risk I think in this moment and Jesus shows how he's superior Jesus so Jesus Jesus he shows us how he's faithful um, and he shows us how he relies on God. This to me is the classic text on why we should fast because Jesus is modeling to us how to prepare for spiritual warfare. How do we prepare for these things? It's the spiritual disciplines. It's when we fast and in our weakness that we find ourselves having to rely on the strength of God. Because here's what's going to happen. If we go into a spiritual battle and we fight the enemy on our own strength, I'm just going to let you all know we can get knocked out. You can't do it. We cannot fight the enemy on our own strength. We have to fight the enemy with the strength of God that he's given us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So why should you and I fast? Um, again, I want you to process this with the help of the Spirit to, to pray through these things. But one of the benefits of fasting, and this is what Jesus models for us here in this passage, fasting makes us utterly aware of our mortality. In other words, it positions us in a place of humility so that we can rightly view King Jesus. When I fast or when I'm just without something for a while, I realize how small I am and how big God is. Mm-hmm. It makes me utterly aware of how frail I am. And my frailty makes me realize I need rescue. Like I need Jesus. Um, The other thing about fasting is it allows us to experience the goodness of Jesus and the goodness of God in unique ways. I don't know that I can explain this other than I've used this in, a, in different illustrations, but like when you, like I'm playing basketball right now a lot. So I'm going out and I'm, and I'm playing with some guys that used to play D1 ball and they're running me like crazy. And I just feel like I'm going to die every time I get <laughs> off that court. I'm like, guys, God did not design me for this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing because I always have water that's waiting for me. And after we get done running sprints or, you know, you have to shoot a free throw. And if you miss a free throw, you got, I'm missing like 15 free throws, you know? <laughs> so I'm running like 15 sprints and I go, man, when you grab that, first glass of water Mm. and you drink it it is like you're drinking water for the first time all Mm. over again Mm. it's just this unique experience Mm. 
When we fast and we experience our mortality, our humanity, we get to experience the goodness of God in this fresh, unique way. And it's good for our souls. It's good for our spirits to then rely on uh, Jesus. Um, and I think the last thing, and you'll notice all these things are really commi- uh, connected to each other, but fasting ultimately produces humility. Like, you, it's very hard to be high and lofty and to think much of yourself when you realize how hungry you mm. are, right? Um, and just a couple maybe housekeeping things about this. Some of you are thinking, well, you know what, Joel? I've got some real, like, actually medical ailments. Like, I don't think that I could fast from food because mm-hmm. I could put, well, here's the good news. You don't have to be stuck to, you can fast from almost anything. You yeah. can pick different things that, and, and here's what I would do. I would identify the things that I find a sense of comfort, um, a sense of strength, you know, a sense um, of, of belonging to. And I would sacrifice those things. I would, I would fast from those things because those things, if we're not careful, they could be very good things, but very good things can become very idolatrous things quickly. Mm. And th- that act of fasting from those, giving those things up willfully, um, it reminds us that the better thing is God. Mm. Wow. So good, Joel. I love it. I mean, there's so many things going through my mind right now that I want to talk about. Um, just because I think there's so much to learn from this. But um, I want to tell you guys a little bit about my background mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in fasting because I think it might help some of our listeners. Yeah. Um, so I did not grow up in church at all. Um, I mean, I went on and off as a little kid, but I didn't really, I was not a churched kid. And so I came to know the Lord later in life. And I, had, I came from a very dysfunctional background. And I went away to Bible college. <clears throat> and I remember... For the first time, it was a guy named Dave Burdett uh, introducing the idea of fasting to me. And I was just like, it was very peculiar to me. But I remember him kind of painting it in a picture of like this. And like you just said, Joel, will help you enter into a place of weakness, Mm. of awareness of your mortality so that you can have a heightened experience with God Mm -hmm. so that he can show up in your weakness. And I remember being, I was in my like early twenties and I remember being in such a place of like looking at who I was and my life as a 20 something, not knowing where I was going to go in life, but being desperate to peel back some of the layers of dysfunction in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I came from Mm -hmm. such a broken family, but I didn't know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know how to break free from some of the chains that had really kind of wrapped themselves around me. And so I remember after hearing this teaching, I was like, you know what? I want freedom so bad Mm. that I'm going to do this. And I'm going to pray that the Lord would like bring, like, I didn't even know what I was praying for. I was just saying, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. And I'm going to deprive myself from food so that in those moments of hunger, I'll stop and say, God, help me Mm -hmm. like break the bondage in my life from all these years of dysfunction and fix my mind, Mm. like fix my heart because I, this is way bigger than me and I can't figure out how to fix me because I'm really messed up, you know, and I developed a you know, I don't want to like shine my halo. It wasn't like I did this every like month or something, you know? Um, but there, there are significant points in my life that I can look back that I developed kind of this discipline in my life Mm -hmm. at an early, like early age in terms of early spiritual age, Mm -hmm. you know, where Mm -hmm. I had just kind of become a believer and it just became a pattern for me where it was like, anytime I had a significant, where I felt stuck, where I was like, I keep 
having this same, maybe it was a sin pattern Mm. and I can't break free, Mm -hmm. you know, or I've got to make this big decision and I really don't know what to do. Um, I would go to fasting Mm -hmm. in order to not like it was some crystal ball. It's not, it's not like you could walk up to it and rub it and be like, okay, tell me what to do. But what it would do would create this heightened awareness of God's presence in my life and a heightened awareness of my mortality Mm. and inability to fix it. So I had to be fully reliant and fully surrendered to God. And I can look, it developed a pattern. I can look back and say, wow, each time I did this, God really showed up in a, sometimes in a totally unexpected way. Sometimes like it happened the way that I wanted it to. (laughs) It was amazing. Um, But I took that in, not knowing i my husband at the same time was kind of developing some same patterns in his life. Hmm. And we have been able to do that as a family. And it has been, we just a couple of days ago had a conversation with a friend, not even realizing how it really has become a monumental part mm. of our relationship, yeah. both separate and individually, yeah. you know? So one of the things I faced and I would love for you to kind of help us unpack here mm-hmm. is when I started fasting I felt really clumsy, meaning not like physically clumsy, mm-hmm. like, okay, so not going to eat food. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, totally. so how do you really use, like practically speaking, yep. how do you really use those times that maybe you would have had lunch yep. or like, how can you enter into the experience of fasting when you're, maybe it's not food, maybe it's social media, yep. you know, maybe it's Netflix at nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's, how do you use those moments that you would have filled to actually enter into this experience of fasting? Cause you yeah. could just deprive and whatever. Right. No, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so like super tactical, this, this is what has been helpful for, for me, for our family, um, is this idea of replacement. Right. Um, man, I'm just, I don't know if on your iPhones, you know that you have this thing that tells you like how often you're on different apps and it yeah, tells I don't you, look at that. oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> he yeah. Bit on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're, if you're actually just looking for what to fast, you may just want to see what's the top That's app. A gra- that the- is a great pointer. <laughs> practical folks. Very practical. Um, but I would say, you know what? There are some tremendous, one is replace these moments that you would, and, and I find myself doing this all the time. I just, it's almost like this phantom, like I got to look for my phone, mm. This, fa- you know? Yeah. And so in those moments, what I want to do is reorient my heart, my attention, my mind, my spirit towards God's word yes. and, and, be, and be really intentional. So don't, I wouldn't say like, I'm going to read the entire Bible in the next seven days, of, you know, like, <laughs> right. like be super practical yeah. and say, you know what? I'm going to read G- Matthew chapter four. Mm. I'm going to read Jesus's temptation over and over and over again for the next three days while I fast this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be encouraged by Jesus' faithfulness yeah. and be reminded that I don't have to do because Jesus has done, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think another thing is good books. Like I just picked up um, New Morning Mercies by a guy named Paul David Tripp, and it has been a tremendous devotional for me. Mm. Um, and so I normally do it in the morning, but when I'm going to go to fasting, I may go and pick up New Morning Mercies and I may read ahead or um, I've got Tim Keller's um, Prayers Through the Psalms. Mm. Um, those types of things are just yeah. great resources. Here's another one. Um, contemplative worship. And so I'm not saying this just because Meredith's here, but in all honesty, <laughs> my youngest, Luke, Lucas, we call him Lukey Bear, Luke loves Mac Brock. Like that is, the, those are the songs that he wants to listen to. So in our time as a family, there are often times when we will just sit yeah. 
and and we will say a truth about who God is, right? A characteristic like God is good and He loves us mm-hmm. and He loves us like a dad. Like boys, mm-hmm. like how I love you, God loves you, mm-hmm. and we'll just sit there and we'll listen to a worship song mm-hmm. and we'll just mm-hmm. contemplate on those things and we'll allow these biblical truths that are being sung um, by uh, by these people who have thought deeply about God to inform these other truths, and so we can just. Uh, meditate uh, yeah. in those moments. That's so good. It's so good because I think that idea of replacement, you know, like you could, let's say you're just fasting from lunch. Maybe you can't do all three meals. It's mm-hmm. just not, you know, I went through a season. I've We did a little bit of, like my husband was going through some stuff when I was um, pregnant and he was fasting. Well, obviously I'm not going to fast right. when right. I'm pregnant. You know, <laughs> right. like that's not an option <laughs> right. for me. But I did cut out like all desserts and sugar or right. whatever. Well, what I could have done during that time is just decided to eat a bag of potato chips instead, right? Right. But I had to intentionally, I didn't want to replace it with something else that wasn't Christ-focused. Right. Yeah. You know, so using that time that you would have used for something else to focus on Christ, the other thing, you're not going to get it perfect. Yep. Yeah. Like, and giving yourself grace. grace. I remember early on feeling like, okay, maybe I'm kind of an ambitious person. So I was like, I'm going to fast for a week. And then I got like two days in and I was like, I think I might die. Right. Like I yeah. really, really think like I was thrown an Elijah fit, you know, <laughs> right. where I was like, I'm going to lay under this broom tree and right. just die, right. you know? Um, and I gave up. Yeah. And God wasn't mad at me for that. Yeah. Like he wasn't yeah. mad at me that I only made it two days. Mm-hmm. Like he was proud of me for saying, God, I'm trying to prioritize yeah. you, yeah. you know? And I remember feeling like other times where it was like, um, I couldn't sit and read my Bible for all of lunch or all of dinner and all of breakfast, but just letting my heart drift back to him and mm-hmm. saying, Lord, like, I just, I need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need you more than I need food. Mm-hmm. I need you more than I need social media. I need you. I need your wisdom. I need your presence mm-hmm. and letting your heart drift back there, but giving yourself the grace that. God doesn't expect perfection. Yeah. Right. He just wants your heart. Yeah. yeah. You know? So yeah. Meredith, I love that you just said something that well, you just said out loud. Yeah. God that's wants what your you heart. Do. Yeah. Um so I I keep thinking about where those things are, like in the Bible, like trust in the Lord with all your heart. Or like mm-hmm. God wants your whole heart. And I've been just convicted in this teaching and really just convicted a lot lately of like if I say that I'm a believer and if I say that I love Jesus and that I'm saved and that I'm mm. his child. I can't pick and choose the things that make me like him mm. and leave some that don't make me like mm. him. Like I can't choose, like I'm going back to this list that you said earlier, you said reading scripture, caring for others, evangelism, um, like silence, solitude. I can't choose prayer and reading scripture and solitude, but leave off fasting and caring for others or even being that, you know, yeah. I can't, leave those things and only hope that half of those things will make me like him. And so like, as I'm growing more towards Jesus or as I'm growing more like him, am I being half hearted about something? Like is, am I saying I want to do all of this, but this, because I'm just Mm -hmm. not comfortable with that. Or I'm afraid that I'm not going to do it right. Like Mary, I love that you just asked Joel, like, how do we do this practically? Mm -hmm. It's okay. God's not going to be mad at you. But I think seeing God as not this God who's sitting up there with like in a big chair, looking down and being 
angry at me for not doing these things. Mm -hmm. He's saying like, no, like do these because I want you to see me. Like I want you to be more like your heart and Mm -hmm. I want your heart and I'm not going to be upset with you for not getting it right. I just want you to try and like Mm -hmm. trying over and over Mm -hmm. again, like gets us to be more like him. I mean, think about every moment, every epic fail throughout scripture where God had every opportunity to just be like, forget it. I'm done. Yeah. Yep. Like, so sometimes I think we have to go, it's this theology of remembrance. We need to go back and remind ourselves of what the character and nature of God is. And Kayla, like what you just said, I think often we may have this view of God that's like finger pointing God mm-hmm. and not like, I think God is like loving embrace God. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, man, great. Like Liam, great job. You, you threw that football pass and it got intercepted but that's okay yeah. like you'll get it next time mm-hmm. you know he's not like i can't believe you did that like you should have you know, like we just need to see god in the way that he truly sees us based off of what scripture has taught us mm-hmm. and embrace that um it's the same thing with like what you're talking about meredith with um bible reading i think one of the biggest reasons people fail in their bible reading is because they go gung-ho they go i'm gonna right. hit this right. they hit leviticus and they're like i'm outie oh, i yeah. cannot do this i just this. had that experience right i'm reading we're reading through the bible and, <laughs> and y'all leviticus is hard nelly oh, yeah. we started numbers today yeah and i this morning said to my husband Whew, i'm glad to be out of leviticus <laughs> right. how about you right yeah so like for me one of the things is like Okay, you didn't hit one of the check marks. That's okay. Yes. God has enough grace to cover that uh-huh. missing check check mark, you mm-hmm. know? Just keep going. Pick up where you yeah. left off. And I would say the same thing with fasting. Just because you missed a day or you didn't do, don't give up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Good that was stuff. great. Lots thank to be so learned much. here. Yeah, absolutely. I mm-hmm. definitely am going to go back to listen to this one. But um Joel, thank you so much again for taking time out of your day to just be with us and teach us about fasting and why we should fast. I'm really excited um for our listeners to hear this. And so Meredith, will you point them to a resource that'll help them? Well, absolutely. Thank the, you. Um The first resource is our free resource library on Proverbs31.org. This is one of my absolute favorite things that we have and that we offer. We often mention things like online Bible study, First Five, our devotions, um, all the different things we can offer here at Proverbs. But we wanted to make sure and let you know about this incredible, like really highly stocked online library full of free tools to help you in your faith. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is go to Proverbs31.org and click read and then scroll right over to the resource library from there you can find topical and study resources to download and even share with your friends if you maybe have a friend in need you yeah know, they're all kind of there's like prayers for your sons for your daughters uh-huh. um there's some different like how to study the bible there's all kinds mm-hmm. of amazing tools in there yeah and they're pretty our designers yeah, make they've them been really designed pretty. really nice yeah, i think can... we even have like a calendar in there or something. yeah we have some for fun resources yeah that are just for you to download good stuff anyway okay on the pretty train here we go the second thing we want to be sure and always point you to is our prayer wall. Um, we did this a lot during our therapy and theology series, mm-hmm. and we want to do that, do that again. And um, as a ministry, we pray over every prayer request that's submitted. We all have certain days of the week that we're supposed to do that. Yep. And we know that with the nature of today's podcast episode, you might want us to come alongside you in prayer over mm-hmm. something specific that you're praying for while you're fasting. So you can leave us an anonymous report prayer request and then um, just visit our prayer wall. All you have to do is go to Proverbs31.org, scroll all the way down to the bottom under Get Connected and click Prayer Request. Also, 
My goodness, can we be honest? There's a lot of verbal instructions on these <laughs> yeah, podcasts, um, and it's hard to remember all of them. So please feel free to visit our show notes. All you got to do, once again, visit that, Proverbs31.org. Click listen and then podcast, and you're going to find all the links to all the stuff and all yeah. the good things right down there. Yeah, we do right? that for every episode, so you yeah. can always go back and find some really cool things that Absolutely. you might not know was there. Yes, do okay. it. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. So we pray that it helps you know the truth of God's word and live that truth out because we know when you do, it changes everything. Have a great week.